All right, it's that time of the week again to check out the patchworks.com used section. Right off the bat, there are some things that we did not see last week. A used 4MS Pod 60 powered. I have four pods myself. I really like those. Oh, a wasp filter from Dopefur. Those things are super cool. A used 4MS Listen 4 black panel even. Um, I use the Listen 4 quarters and I like it a whole lot. A QPOS, one of the great filters of our time from Make Noise. Oh boy, there is a Warren Soundstage V1. I really want a Soundstage. Um, what else? Oh wow, a used Make Noise No Coast that has been Eurorack modded and it looks like it has maybe a grayscale type panel on it. So if you uh, yeah, if you want to throw a No Coast in your system, then look no further. A warped vinyl from Chase Bliss. And yeah, I still I can't believe it. The uh, Roland Axe One, the keytar, is still there. How have you not acted on that? Once again, thank you to Patchworks for their continued support. Go visit them online at patchworks.com. And welcome back to another episode of Podge and the Modcast. My name is Tim Held, and this week I'm very excited to have Randy Jones from Madrona Labs back on the show to talk about the new Madrona Labs soft synth, Sumu. We are going to uh, not only talk about Sumu, but Randy's going to give us a little bit of a demo, so stay tuned for that. I also am going to introduce you to the new module that I will be releasing, hopefully in early 2024, with After Later Audio. It's called Keanu, and it is a matrix mixer with onboard modulation sources. So we'll get to that in a moment too. But first, I want to say thank you to everybody who supports me on Patreon. If you would like to help keep the LEDs blinking over here at PodMod, head over to patreon.com forward slash modcast. I'm going to be doing one of my, uh, you know, just posting randomly on Patreon. Hey, I got all this stuff. First come, first serve. If you want some of it, let me know. Patch cables, blank panels, stickers. And this won't be part of the upcoming giveaway, but it will be part of the next one. And the reason I'm waiting is I'm hoping to get more of these built so I can have more to give away. But I have the original prototype of the Keanu. Uh, it wasn't called Keanu then, and it's a little smaller, but it still is a very cool matrix mixer with onboard modulation sources. So hopefully I can get a couple more of these put together yeah, and if you end up claiming one, you'll uh, be one of the very few people on Earth to have this particular module. I'm maybe even going to be able to put together some uh, some of the prototype boards from the second revision, which is a lot closer to the final product. So that's something to keep your eyes out for. Another way you can support the show is head over to podularmodcast.com and check out the store. All sorts of really cool shirts, stickers, uh, pins, bags, notebooks, you name it. Well, actually, don't name it because it's, I don't have like an, there's no PodMod electric vehicle yet. Yet. 
Also, for those of you who live in the Pacific Northwest, I will be playing a show in Everett on December 9th. Uh, really looking forward to that. Details right here on the screen and link to that in the show description. Had a great time playing in Tacoma just this last weekend with Runati, Pentacles, and Lousy Falcon. As always, thank you to our sponsors, Patchworks, Forum Mess, After Later Audio, and Novation. Link to all of their information in the show description as well. Uh, yeah, let's check out some of the Madrona Labs since before we jump into this conversation. All right, because Randy and I are going to be discussing Alto, Kaivo, and then, you know, Sumu, the new soft synth from Madrona Labs, I thought it would be helpful if I kind of gave you a rough idea of uh, what these synths are and how they work. I'm just going to briefly show you around Kaivo because the layout interface uh, between Kaivo and, and Alto and Sumu and Verta are all pretty much the same. They have different modules and sound sources and whatnot. But um, yeah, I just wanted to give you a quick rundown so you weren't confused when we were having our chat. And uh, for those of you watching, you can see Kaivo here on the screen, the interface. And for those of you listening, I will try my best to make this uh, clear and not need the visual aid, but we'll see how it goes. So you can kind of divide all of the Madrona stuff into three different sections from top to bottom horizontally. At the top, we have our modulation sources. So we have a key module, a sequencer, an LFO 2D, which is very cool, a noise module, two envelopes. In the center is this kind of darker, blacker, gray area. This is the patch bay, and you can see, if you're watching, that there are some lines being drawn between the outputs and inputs of the top and bottom rows. Uh, so yeah, this is just where all the connections are made. So you can just grab an output from the top, drag it to an input on the bottom, and now you have a connection. Um, but before I get ahead of myself, what's on the bottom? Here in Kaivo, what we have is a granulator. So you can upload uh, you know, your different sound sources, sine waves, uh, you know, pretty much anything. I put a raccoon fight into this thing and, and turned it into music. It was really cool. Uh, and then we have a gate or a VCA, uh, a resonator. So you can pick, you know, different types of strings, chimes or springs, and then a body where you got a couple different wooden box options, a metal plate and a frame drum. So all of these uh, modules have ins and outs and they have these little dials which are really really cool they're basically just attenuators or attenuverters depending on what the uh, parameter is so you just grab make a connection bring it on down to any of the inputs um, that you'd like in any of the modules and then you can turn that uh, smaller dial up or down to get your uh, signal coming in so let's take a listen to a couple of my voices um, Here's one that's called Clinky. So that one's pretty fun. Um, actually, so we'll take a listen to uh, my Nightbirds series. I've got a bunch of different ones. So this is where I, I loaded a piece of that field recording of the raccoons fighting into the granulator as my initial sound source. And then it's gonna um, hit a gut string as its resonator and then go through a small wooden box as its body. You can hear that squeaking in the background. Listen really closely, there's like a weed. That's actually a bird. 
right, so that's night birds two. Let's check out three. You can hear that squeak again. Here's four. Did I make a fifth? There there are five night birds. Jeez, I really liked this one. It's really cool. What else did I make? Oh, Troll Lull. I got a Troll Lull series here. <laughs> and then I took the podcast intro song that the Animals at Night made uh, for the show, and I put that into the granulator, so you might be able to spot it here. Ooh, this one's a little weird. I did a couple of them. Let's go to the second one. You can kind of hear it there. So that all may have been a little confusing, so why don't we just hear Alto and Kaivo in action together really quick. Here I got the um, the MIDI files for uh, Gymnopede number one, I believe, uh, from Sati. I dropped all those MIDI files into Bitwig, and then I went through and made voices with either Alto or Kaivo for the entire piece. Rather than me just play this and have you watch the screen, why don't I just drop in some fun footage and you can hear uh, just a piece of this track that I made with Alto and Kaivo, and uh, then we can get into this chat with Randy. here with randy from madrona labs how do you like that for radio voice um (laughs) dude i'm so excited um to have you back on and you know what i'm gonna i'll have to edit this part out this is something i meant to look up but i wanted to see what episode you first appeared on because it was when ian was still co-host so yeah it was like early early pod mod it was a good uh, long so, time ago, maybe five years, and almost probably just after we moved in here, is my guess, like four years ago. And now he uh, I think it's probably, yeah, it's so you were on episode 13. Okay. And for context, I'm just going to look really quick. What was the last? Here, I think yeah. it's like 267. Uh, let's see here. The last episode released was number. 268. So you'll be, you're going to be 270. Um, and that was June 18th of 2018. Right on. So yeah, that's crazy era now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was like one of the first times, um, we had really ever like 
said more than just hi to each other. Right. Yeah. I didn't know you well at that point at all. Yeah. That's so weird how my brain was like, oh, four or five years ago, but I, I, I determine everything from the time we moved into this house basically. And somehow my brain got stuck on it being five years ago, but I guess. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and it's something I've talked about a few times with other people, uh, is just like how much COVID had like changed perception of time and like things that you say are five years ago are actually like eight years ago because like mm-hmm. those three years were just put in a blender and just completely um, flattened out. But yeah, so while. when when uh, when we were there, you know, you were talking about uh, Alto and I think Kaivo was out then. Yeah, um, that one came out in twenty fourteen. Okay, cool. And um, and as you know now, since we have started working together, and I'm doing the um, the Kaibo videos currently, um, I I was not much of a, a soft synth person. I've I've been like hardware, and and people know who've been listening to the show long enough and know that I haven't been big on using soft synths. But since working with you and Kaibo, like. I have gone down the rabbit hole. I've got myself an MPE controller. I got the expert hey. sleepers ES nine so I can get Kaivo into my rack. And so that's, thank you. That's you've, great. You've, you've opened my mind. <laughs> <laughs> More opportunities um, for acquiring new and confusing pieces of gear. Yay. Right. <laughs> well, it's funny because like, you know, being an electronic musician or and producer, as you know, I I I am. You know, it's all like obviously bedroom producing and self taught stuff. But I've been doing it for a number of years, and getting into this, it's it's kind of like made me realize, like, oh, I know so little about or knew so little about MIDI and just soft sense and and routing and trying, you know, and like it, it, it was like I knew so little that it was almost like embarrassing and i didn't want people to find out how little i knew about it because i should know this stuff but for sure but i've learned a lot since so so uh we were talking about how it's been five plus years since you were on the show and um so yeah i was gonna have you just do like a little bit of a, a refresher for those of you uh out there listening who maybe don't uh who didn't catch that episode or don't know about madrona labs and just have you give Give us a little history and from, you know, Alto to Kaivo, and then we can work our way up to uh, the new one. I'll do this super short history. I mean, it was um, because I got to talk to you and Ian about the sound plane and everything. And that was the start of the whole Madrona lab. So Okay, so you started with that. Okay. Yeah, I went to a master's program, University of Victoria, and came up with research about how to do a better multi-touch pressure sensitive controller like mm-hmm. there's uh the hawken continuum was out then and had been around for a while uh-huh and there were a few other similar things and i was like this thing's expensive and and heavy and it's it's actually too expensive for me to want to buy one right like i just want a th- i knew what i wanted which was the thing like this mm-hmm. and i guess the things i the things about it that nothing else really was doing for me was like I, I knew it it should be possible to just kind of like make music let's let's like you're drumming on a table you know if you ever mm-hmm. sit around and just kind of fidgeting and you have ideas you could imagine just drumming it on the table yeah and somehow maybe even in your own musical language like 
it wouldn't, right. it, you wouldn't even have to necessarily learn keyboard chops, but just make a, make a pattern, make a shape. Like people make mm -hmm. shapes, the sequencer or whatever, just turning the knobs. And, you know, you could drum something that'd be musical. You'd hear it and then, you know, turn it into a tune. So, uh -huh. um, yeah, I wanted something and, and something that more like a guitar is like every, you don't have to learn a completely different shape for every scale. And uh -huh. isomorphic is what we'd call that. Okay. Okay. In, in, in the keyboard world or the weird keyboard world rather <laughs> you have like you have these and you have continuum and then you have like hex keyboards. Those are often isomorphic too. And then you okay. have things like the instrument and the instrument uh -huh. actually has the same layout Yeah, as this. I mean, you can add any layout you want, but generally people play it like in fourths with rows like that. Cause then you end up with all these nice shapes. Like this is an octave. Mm-hmm. This is a fourth and that's a fifth. And so oh, chords cool. and it's, you know, guitar people are really comfortable learning mm -hmm. it. So that's it. It doesn't really apply to me. I, I, my fingers never got along with guitar for some yeah. reason, but it's a plus. Yeah. So anyway, I want to try thing. I've never really played with it. I've oh, like, yeah. I really want to try one. Come over a horse round with one more sometime. Yeah. But um, I got out of that master's program I was talking about at University of Victoria and then was like, well, I'll try and make these. And like, um, I made about a hundred of them and it was really like, a, you know, incredibly intense couple of years while I was trying to get that done as everybody who's made any hardware knows, like for the same reasons, just learning stuff you never thought you'd have to learn about right. EPS and just stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And like, really, it costs $300 to get this to Germany, then how am I going to make any money on one? Wow. Like, yeah. Stuff, yeah. Stuff like that, that I didn't think of before starting out on the project. Mm -hmm. So um, successful as an instrument, but I wasn't really making money with them. And then mm -hmm. uh, I, I knew I, I wanted to make a synth that would go with it, a soft synth. Mm -hmm. um, so people could, you know, this, this needs a computer. It's not by any means what people would call plug and play instrument, but at so least it, you it has plug, MIDI you plug it in your computer uh -huh. and then just bring up Alto, put Alto into uh, MPE mode, and then you can just you can just play all the presets that come with Alto. Okay. So, right, and then right. that Alto turned out to be a thing people really liked and were buying. It was kind of the first like Buchla ish influence soft synth that mm -hmm. you know sounded like those had those cool yeah, yes. low pass gate sounds. Yes, I don't even have to tell you because in in modular world, there's such a important touchstone too. Well, you Those know, silver I'm, Apple sounds right. I was thinking. I think it's like I kind of. I I feel like I've had a little bit of a full circle moment with because you know starting to work with you, um, doing the instruction videos on Kaivo, like really getting into Kaivo and learning its interface, which is this pretty much the same as Alto. So now I can get into Alto and and have fun with it, and um, I think because I spent five years building patches going into Alto and Kaivo for me was just like, I hit the ground running and because it, it was, you know, it's such a good UI and it's really intuitive. Once you just kind of wrap your head a little bit around each of the sections, it's you're off to the races. And yeah, I guess that's just my, my other way of saying like, these are just your, your soft synths are so beautifully designed and sound oh. so good like yeah i'm 
I've, I've almost like been exclusively working with Kaivo, not just wow. because I'm making the videos, but like, that's where yeah, my yeah. creative, um, pull is lately. Like I'm just, yeah, you sent me these things. Yeah. It's cool. It's really, really fun. So, um, I mean, so, yeah. you know, I'm hearing new combinations of, of stuff. Uh, with your classical interpretations, yeah, some yeah. of the crazy Kaivo sounds. They're almost a little aggressive, is what I so was that, getting out of them. Yeah, so that's kind is, is so, that like intentionally or like er classical? A little bit, yeah. Because you know, even before I got into uh, modular, like in my early electronic days, I've always loved classical music, and I've always wanted to do some sort of like. I guess the first ideas were maybe what I could have thought of as like remixes or like reinterpretations of these classical songs. Um, but I don't, I can't play these songs. Like I'm not that good at piano and there's so many parts. And um, so, you know, now just getting to this, I'm like, Oh, I can just download these MIDI files and put them into Bitwig and then build all these different voices. Um, yeah. And I've always, my kind of mission statement, I would say, with all of my creative output has been to try to, f like, find that really nice, uh, like, liminal space between beauty and, and like, harsh and kind of, oh, like, yeah. you know, that tension and 100%. breaking the tension with night. Like, taking really pretty melodies, but, like, putting them in strange voices. So, yeah, I've been really trying to, like, I... I think I told you about the uh, the raccoon fight that I have as a field recording. Um, I I'm not sure. Maybe I, I I've took definitely like, heard a raccoon. Yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty nasty sound. So I took that like the piece of them like growling at each other, and I put it into the granulator in Kaivo. Oh and then yeah, I've been using that as a voice for a lot of the stuff, and like just birds chirping, and and mm -hmm. so yeah, I'm trying to, and that's another thing I've always wanted to find a way to do something interesting with field recordings. Um, so I feel like this is kind of like a really good, like mashup of two of these ideas that I've always had, but didn't know how to quite approach them. And then it's just like, right. once I understood Kaibo, I was like, Oh, this is the thing that will, that's, this is what I need. This is the tool for that job that I've wanted. That's so nice to hear. Yeah. Yeah. And Sumo really... is going to do other totally weird things to recordings too. So. Yeah. So maybe like tell us the different itches that Alto, Kaivo, Verta, and then up to Sumo will scratch for the, the synthesis out there. Yeah. So Alto is really good. I think it's just a fun way. Like my, my friend James Patrick uses it a bunch to teach um, intro to synthesis. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes me really happy because I tried to make everything really clear and, you know, design it. So it's, there's, it's just kind of doing what it says and what it's telling you. And it's, it's musical and mm -hmm. it's like, you can see what's happening to the modulation. I think on all of them, they've got that, um, it's, there's probably some other soft steps that do this well too, but I, I can't think of which ones, but they, they when you modulate a dial, you see the needle. So in the dial, you see both like the place you set it to mm -hmm. and like the filled in area and the needle go to the same place. But then when you modulate it, you see the needle yeah. move from the, yeah. the the signal you patch in. And it's a, yeah, I think it's a good learning tool for that I, reason. And I some think, others. yeah, having that, it's having to, the visual it's feedback, I'm trying to like play yeah. to the strengths of what computers do. Right. And it's, mm -hmm. it, it'd be hard as hell to do that in a 
<laughs> a totally. module. So well, I, that's one thing I've noticed. With I'm glad that you mentioned the teaching thing because I've I've done uh, you know an intro to Eurorack workshop, and I've got like a, a I've got a student right now that I do stuff online with, and um, and I've I've been like, oh, I'm I need to just bring uh, Alto into the mix because the visual feedback that you can you can see what's happening with the sound is just like i mean i feel like just working through kaivo has helped me wrap my head around concepts that i had a more nebulous understanding of right you know just because of that so Thanks. sorry i interrupted your whole thing no, no worries <laughs> i mean <laughs> um i yeah so also though sonically getting back to that because that's mm -hmm. now we can talk about all of them sonically and sonically, like the itch hit scratch was really a personal one. Like when I did synth stuff, I was really into the, I, I'm into like um, the sounds that I'm drawn to on synthesizers are like, um, I would almost describe as like antique sounding uh -huh. synthesizers. Uh -huh. Like Aphex Twin has some of them in his really like, decayed beautiful string sounds he uses mm -hmm. used use on some of his more classical things or like the selected ambient works two sounds where yes. it sounds like you know it's a great soundtrack for like a night drive through snow and it sounds like it's it's repetitive rhythms but it sounds like everything's kind of falling apart too like some of the oh my god i have to interrupt you one more time because of the night drive yeah. through snow and the sounds yeah. uh go ahead uh, Ryuichi Sakamoto and uh, Alva Noto, that um, they have an album called Varun, I think is how it's pronounced. I haven't and, heard that one, but yeah. I've, you know, they have that whole series of all these super minimal, like ambient classical electro. Mm -hmm. um, and that one I was listening to driving over Snoqualmie Pass at like the worst yeah. conditions I've ever driven over. And, yeah. I, you know, I grew up in Roslyn. So, like, I've right. driven over that pass a million That's times. That's saying a lot for you. Yeah. And um, I was just listening to that as I was driving 25 miles an hour with no visibility, and it and it set, and it was the perfect setting. So I think you should check that out because I feel like you just described those sounds, and I, I'd yeah. be interested to hear what you think of that. Yeah. There's another so, great. Um, have you heard William Selman? He's a no a, a person in Portland who makes synth music that I really like. He's another. He's kind of. I would just his stuff is not too far from the John Hassel, like fourth world kind of vein okay. of music, really kind of lush instrumentals. But he does these really, he does some really antique sounding like synths too. And it's, it's hard for me to, to explain what that means. But anyway, I wanted to, I wanted to play this and yeah. have a real kind of, uh, you know, a, a very organic approach, but like in sound, but not mm -hmm. necessarily made out of electronic circuits that are uh on the edge of being of working you know right, um, right yeah <laughs> and so um but then kaivo was like well what can i do next and physical models are a thing i was learning about up there and um it, it seemed like there was a an opportunity to do something with physical models that other people hadn't done and really make them way more modulatable Cause this is kind of hard with physical models because they tend to like blow up if you look at them funny when you're uh -huh. on the programming end of things. It, it's a, it's often a, a, a physical. You can think of how to program a lot of kind of physical models actually pretty easily, but the hard part of programming them is proving that 
the energy in them is going to not exceed a certain boundary and and blow up your computation. Well, that's something I'm glad that you mentioned that because, you know, just going through my head of things I wanted to ask you about Kaivo. um, Sure. You know, you've got the different resonators uh, that you can pick from, you know, chimes and springs of different sizes and string, different types of strings. Like, do you actually take like data from there, from those actual objects in, in like the, 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 any sort of sound data from those and then put those into the, like, how do you program for those things? Or Yeah, not really. Um, so Kaivo is, is it's physical models and they're very, physical like there's a there's a uh for example there's a model of a 2d plate and there's a grid of numbers right that's this Mm -hmm. model and each number represents a physical position in the plate and then the computation is like how would this um vibration communicate to other places nearby on the plate and so the vibration makes its way mm-hmm. across and based on like how big the thing is and how fast the waveform is then you get um resonances at a certain frequency if that okay. makes sense mm-hmm. like it's like a string but in 2d so okay um but it's a lot simpler than things are in the physical world like mm-hmm. uh to you know it, it, in the physical world things aren't uniform thickness and um, you know, they yeah, have, you have more humidity and air pressure and yeah. than a rectangle. And yeah, there's a lot of different ways that they can lose energy and putting the energy in them is more complicated. And so I started with like what we're able to do instead of, as you asked, like taking a, a object and saying, how can we synthesize it, simulate it? Uh, I'm like, well, what can we do in real time on a computer? And then what can I, what can I make that sound like? Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah, that's, um, it's, so when did you say it came out in 2014? I think is, is correct for Kaivo. Oh, wow. Okay. So like the granular physical modeling thing, of course, like I don't actually really know when, when all of that stuff came on the scene or when we started getting really popular, but like, I feel like granular synthesis has been like the, something that like most synthesis are very, very interested in. And there's all, you know, I feel like that's kind of like, it's, it's the hot thing for lack of a better term. So it's cool to hear that you were doing that a long time ago. Cause you know, people out there listening are going to instantly think of rings as like the early version of like some physical modeling with a resonator and, and, and whatnot. Um, and yeah, I don't think that that came out then maybe it was around then, but yeah. So were, were you aware of like mutable stuff then, or was this all kind of happening at the same time? Or I don't, I'm only aware of it as like a cultural right. yeah. <laughs> touchstone for people. Uh-huh. Like, I, so I know what kind of people use it. And mm-hmm. they're like a lot of people like on the lines forum use the mutable mm-hmm. instruments stuff. A lot of people that I know are, they're looking for something a little different, more exploratory in the, in the, modular realm but i've never i've never tried it yeah well yeah i just i mean yeah i i bring it up only because like rings was something that i never i liked what i heard from it and it was easy to make pretty stuff like 
without doing much, but I never understood what I was doing or I never really mm -hmm. gelled with it. And granular synthesis has always been kind of something that's been a little gaseous for me as far as understanding it. Um, but again, having like working through Kaibo has made me wrap my head around it a whole lot more. And also, you know, like this is, this is my long winded way of, of saying like, I wish there was a Kaibo module because that thing would be, Oh yeah. Yeah. I could see, you know, I mean, so many modules are, you know, a computer connected to some knobs these days, oh, totally. right? So, yeah. um, mm -hmm. you could, you could do that. You could do the 2d synthesis part, I think pretty well now. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there are a lot of things I'd like to do if I could grow the company a of little course. bit. Yeah. Yeah. Branch out in new directions. But right now software is the foundation of everything. Mm -hmm. So, well, let me kind of clear, let me clear the decks of your question by talking about the other two things. So we got um, Verta then. I was kind of like, what can I do next? And it was a riff on, um, I, I, if, do you remember, have you heard of the Korg X911? I don't, it's like, no, it's a little guitar pedal. The Korg X911, I'm going to look that up. Yeah, it's really, when you look at it, you'll be like, wow, that's, it's like one of these, if you're somebody who dreams about weird gear, sometimes it's like uh -huh. something that would show up in a dream. Like you're like, <laughs> I dreamt there's this box and I put my voice into it. And this real, real, real came out. And it, it's like, it, it's basically the oh, part cool. of an MS 20 that uh -huh. does the pitch, pitch to voltage and pitch to trigger functions. And okay. they took it and they put it in a little box and said, well, let's sell this to guitarists. And they put some colored buttons on it for different modes. Uh -huh. And so I, I've had a, a ton of fun in the past playing around with one. And I was like, well, there's nothing like that really in digital format. So, um, the, so that's Verta, which is like a voice, a real time mess your mess your audio up, patchable effect. Yeah. And it's like, and then ring modulation, kind of, or or some sort of like you know modifier it, and carrier and stuff like that. Yeah, it it lets you patch. You know, it's it's it. it it's real under, easy to understand from a modular viewpoint because it, you know, it gives you signals like CV and gate from your input, so you can patch those to whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I've been, I've been messing with that a little bit too, and I really like the, uh, um, you know, doing like that, the voice synthesizers. The you have the two voice oscillators that you can choose, and mm -hmm. how many voices, and and just yeah, you can get some. I've, I've been using it as kind of like an end of chain master on some things too, which has been wild. Um, uh huh. Yeah, super fun. I guess I can see that because you can let it, it will pass through a stereo signal and then you can add a little weird mm -hmm. sparklies that it makes. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm still wrapping cool. my head around that one, but I, I have yeah. had a lot of fun with it. And then Sumu coming out soon is like uh, additive but FM. And the thing I think I'm bringing to the table with additive is a really easy way of, of programming it. Okay. I think I don't know if you've ever seen a Kawaii K5 or K5000. These kind of early digital synths, mm -hmm. in particular, the K5 is a really funny one because it's like with additive, you can make you should be able to make just about any sound mm -hmm. by programming these partials over time. But then it gives you this interface that's like a, a you know a late '80s like crosshairs pad yeah, yes. and like a one numeric dial and it's like here you go you know <laughs> i think like, i had oh, like a rack mount version oh, of no. this or something similar <laughs> yeah and yes totally like 
I don't like I would not have been into synths if I was my age, you know, 30 years ago because yeah. like it's just I it's just too much diving and like especially the, like the digital side of things like no no way. It's just like yeah. <clears throat> I just can't. Um, I think so, I just lose interest too quickly or something. Right. Instead of editing these complicated bits of data one by one, like editing a spreadsheet with a, <laughs> right. yeah. a, a, a number pad, um, <laughs> you have multi-channel patch chords. So every patch chord in Sumu has 64 channels in it that correspond to the 64 oscillators in a voice. So oh, it can whoa. have, even if it's just constant, if you imagine, a, say, setting up a CV in a modular, you're like, um, you know, I want to offset to the pitch, so I'm going to put a constant two volts from mm -hmm. some module that'll do that and, like, plug right. that in. The the Sumo equivalent would be could be, like, a constant 64 different numbers, like, all in a, a bell or something like that, or, whoa. you know. Um, a square, okay. making a big square or something. And you patch that in, and then you're saying, what do I want each oscillator to do differently? Wow. Okay, so in Kaivo, you have you can get up to your like your eight voices, and then when you use the the uh, the Vox modulation from the key output, you'll see all those different lines, or you'll notice when you're modulating stuff from the, the LFO or the noise, as you increase your voices, those lines, you know, split. Sp spread out within that right. viewer right so rather than eight we're talking about you said 64 it is like that but it's in a different it's all in one voice oh so I in, see. Okay. in kaivo you're talking you're seeing a, a needle maybe for you know two voices if that's uh -huh. two of them bouncing around in assuming you don't see them because there's no good way i've thought of yet to make yeah. 64 <laughs> of them like mm -hmm. visible in it but there's this scope there's like a 64 channel oscilloscope thing over the side we'll, we'll show it in a bit but it's like um yeah so every every voice has 64 partials in it and then okay. it's, it's so this the one the one what's turning into 64 is like the one channel of audio that's in a patch cord now there's 64 of those and wow okay yeah. And so do you, when, in, as far as like layout and interface, like with these 64 signals within an oscillator, um, like, do you, like how, how under, like, are there like presets where you're, you can just like collect a, a you can just select a collection of these types of modulation sources. So you can just kind of like right out of the box, like hit the ground running, or do you go in and tell every 64 what to do like does that make sense i feel like that question i'm not quite sense. sure what you're asking like there's presets for sure right um, yeah no the idea is to avoid editing them like okay. one by one i think uh -huh. this is okay. answering what you're asking yeah 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 like mm -hmm. and in fact you know if you uh, in a lot of cases you can't so if like that description where i was like um I've all, you can make a big bell curve of modulation, mm -hmm. right? So if this is the, this is like partial one over here, and this is number 64 over here, and the uh -huh. values are all like that, right? You're looking at uh -huh. a graph. So you could make that shape, you can make it skinnier, so it's like totally flat, no change until the middle where it does that, and then it goes uh -huh. over to there. I see, and okay. You can make it wider, and mm -hmm. um, you can change the shape of that thing and make it like a square wave. So okay. there's a lot of tools 
mm-hmm. uh, uh, create modulation sources and I'll continue to add more. But there's nowhere where you go in and say, I want number five to be like 0.4 Right, more. right, right. Okay. I just, I don't want to think that way. So, yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm actually relieved offer that. different tool set, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm relieved because that that seems, I was like, oh, that would be hard for people like my, with my type of brain. Um, okay, And so far cool. I'm having, one thing I'm really, I judge the success a lot of the software by like, can I do some shit pretty much at random? And have uh-huh. it likely to sound good. I think modular in general, yeah. you know, there, you can be in an intellectual mode with it. Like I'm designing my patch and what it's going to do, or you're just like, ah, sometimes. And that can Absolutely. be fun. So 100%. having software, the software is no good if it can't allow that kind of mode of totally discovery yes. also. Yeah. 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 I think, I mean, what you just described as, you know, as patching, like just like haphazardly like that. I would say that was the first three years of of my modular experience. And that is often how I gauge uh, how much I like a module is like, can I plug it in and start patching with it without looking at the manu- manual first and at least like make stuff that sounds interesting and fun. Maybe not like full pieces of music, but you know, just like, can I can I turn knobs and then within a few minutes, like, have some okay. This novel kind of bring me into this territory. And what a, a dear friend used to talk about what he called the the two hundred and fifty mic test of uh-huh. gear, and okay. that's it's not, it's not microphones but micrograms. Okay, <laughs> and so his his one test for gear was: can I be super dosed and actually still <laughs> use it effectively? <laughs> and like, n- not that. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> not you know, I-, I think it's a good test. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, so I was. We were talking a little bit yesterday about about um, you know, doing this episode, and I told you I was like purposely haven't been asking you about um, Sumu because I wanted to learn about it here. So why don't we, why don't we pop it open and you can kind of run us through it and show us, show us the different components of it and, um, and show us some sounds. Okay. Let's do that. I'm going to set up the green screen like we talked about. So maybe magically this will accelerate on the video (laughs) or something. I'll, I'll find out later. All right. I am super excited to introduce you to Keanu. Keanu is a matrix mixer. Traditionally, matrix mixers need, um, you know, other modules to plug into to then mix the voltages around per channel. But Keanu comes with four built in. So on channel one and two, we have a function generator that you have control of rise and fall time over. We have rise and fall. Uh, We have end of rise and end of fall trigger outputs for those. Um, There is a trigger input. Uh, Right now it's it's in looping mode. So right here you can switch these two to be in trigger or looping mode. And then you can break the connection from the onboard sources on each channel by plugging something external in to the input. Channel three is where things get really interesting. Um, Basically what we have here are three different oscillators that are kind of meandering in voltage and don't really have any link to each other. Um, And that's what the three and four channels are. We have control over the frequency 
and then we can add some slew. But why don't we just take a look at the data here um, and I'll run each channel in and just show you each one of the uh, modulation sources. There's our first function generator on channel one. Here's our second function generator on channel two. Here's our first meandering uh, voltage there on channel three and then our meandering voltage on channel four. Now with the slew all the way down on the uh, channels three and four, let me turn the frequency up really quick so you can see. One is more, you know, square shape and one is more triangle, but you can add slew to each one of those. What's really cool about this is we have different frequency control CV inputs for each of the three oscillators that make up the uh, the modulation source on channel three and four. Um, there's also CV control of each channel's slew. Each output has a bipolar or unipolar switch on it, so you can get into some really, really fun modulation there. When you go into that mode, each of the uh, built-in modulation sources, uh, their, their corresponding knob is going to be at zero when in the center. And then to the left will be negative, to the right will be positive. Additionally, each channel does have its own VCA, so you can send an envelope into that, so it's not just always coming out. You can actually control when the signal comes out via these uh, VCA inputs. And as I mentioned, you can break the normal connection of each one of these onboard modulation sources, and you can do that individually, so you can use a combination of external modules and the built-in. So let's just take an output from the mini peg here and put that in a channel one. What's really cool about the channels one and two with the function generators, if you are using an external CV source like I am this mini pegs envelope, you can actually use the rise and fall controls to add slew to those external signals. And this also applies to the slew on the channels three and four. So for those of you wondering, yes, it can be used as an audio mixer as well. And what's cool about this is the rise and fall controls on channels one and two, as well as channel three and four's slew knobs can all be used as sort of filters. So let's check that out. Thanks for checking out Keanu. I cannot wait to release it out into the wild. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be three or four months probably, but I, uh, I just couldn't, just couldn't hold it in any longer. This thing's been mostly done for a while and I've been kind of telling people about it. So uh, yeah, keep your eyes peeled for more announcements and more in-depth videos about Keanu.
I don't know where to start. I don't really have a, a spiel going. Um, Can we, well, here, I had an idea. I was going to ask you, like, it's, so it's the same kind of U, uh, UI as Alto and Kaivo and Verta. Like you have the patcher in the middle and then mm -hmm. so you have top a top row of modules and a bottom row of modules. Is that, is that, so yeah, why don't you run us through all same. those individually? It looks the same. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about each module individually really quick before, maybe before diving in and, and messing with it that yeah. much. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it looks like the other synths, but it's, there's a major difference we were talking about where each of these patch cables has 64 channels. So, uh, it kind of breaks the symmetry of all the products in that way, but <laughs> this one's really special. So I, I don't think, uh, I don't think it'll be confusing. Okay. I think it'll seem like you're using just one patch cord, but you're like, wow, it's, it's got all this data in it. Mm -hmm. It kind of makes me want real world like if you had six if there were you know some kind of euro rack <laughs> squared standard for like multi-channel <laughs> uh -huh. audio that would be cool but then it would be digital not analog and you wouldn't be able to make a fun little like uh i don't know a distortion module right. so yeah and with duct tape or whatever <laughs> uh anyway sumu yeah so it's got the top it says what you are using <laughs> or, or on the Apple Silicon now, and it's got um, the patch, um, all that stuff. So the modules, it's got an input module here, like all the all the uh, synths does mm -hmm. basically the same stuff. Um, you can select the number of voices, and it's got these cool little lights. Um, the so partials and and your your key like your your modes and input scale. is like if, if it were modular system it would be your MIDI to CV converter okay so yeah, it's taking it's taking the whoa it's taking the um you know MIDI info from your controller what have you and turning it into signals you can use in the patcher like mm -hmm. gate and but just the same concept as as MIDI to CV really okay um. So then in partials, um, you've, there's this companion program called Vutu where you can bake any, you can take any sound that you have and put it into this partials format. So I was talking about 64 partials before. Mm -hmm. um, Sumu ha has 64 partials in each voice. This other program takes your sound in and converts it into this format. And you might ask, okay. why don't I just drag and drop it into here? It's because there is like, um, I can show really quick, bring up Vutu. Um, it's got, it, it's got all of these, um, the, the program for converting it Vutu has all these different, um, options on it and it's pretty complicated. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, I think on the Synclavier, they had different software just for like analyzing your sounds with all these okay. options so with with vutu you do that and then you kind of get out of that mode hopefully and just forget about that process while you're um making your sumu sounds so moving on it's got envelopes and it's like an envelope generator with 64 channels um so if you the way i designed that is it's there's normal adsr here that you people should be really familiar with. Uh, you can have a linear or exponential curve, which is really pretty. Mm -hmm. And then there's um, basically 
this is like before, instead of editing everyone individually, how would you kind of say, well, I want them all to be different in this way. Okay. And so here, what you do for the en envelope module is you, you pick ADSNR for your one envelope. Then you pick a scaling factor that has, it multiplies all those numbers by some other number. So if you, if scale is four, then your um, envelope, let's say ADNSR is, is your low one. That's what I call it. It's your low envelope. If scaling is four, your high envelope is going to be four times as slow. Okay. And if scaling is like 0.5, then your high envelope is twice as fast. Okay. So, and then it makes all these envelopes in between. So you end okay. up with this family of envelopes. And when you put them to, you send them to different signals, it can do stuff like whoosh, make these kind of low pass filtering sounds without okay. even any filters being in the mix yet. So, oh, cool. A lot there. Um, pulses is like this crazy LFO um, to noise module. You're talking about what could be a cool like rack module. I think this one would be really good, actually. Um, there's nothing, you'd have to have multiple outputs, like maybe 16 jacks coming out, but um, mm -hmm. I think that uh, it, it, could be, it could be useful as a standalone thing. Um, basically, you, you select a BPM and like uh, noise, and again, there's a high scale. So there's, there's multiple there's multiple LFOs. Mm -hmm. There's 64 of them. And then with the high scale, the high ones go faster. It's just kind of okay. like the envelopes. Or the mm -hmm. high ones can go faster or slower. And then there's a probability that each one's going to be re-triggered. So you can okay. get all these. Um, yeah, I'm going to try and stick to it and cut this description short and like maybe play around <laughs> with it a little later um, so yeah, people yeah. can see. Because it, it, you want to start doing that. But... Um, one, it makes all these pulses that fire off a couple different shapes at the same time. And the whole reason I did this thing was to like make, I wanted to make the sounds of like uh, water, like a bunch of raindrops are hitting in different places when you're walking through a forest or you're yeah, yeah. better yet, you're by a stream. And over this place, cause there's like a, a, um, a little cavity in the stream, like a tiny Canyon, you're hearing this bloop, 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 uh -huh. bloop, bloop, where over here you're hearing yeah yeah this, yeah and it's like how 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 what if you wanted to design sounds like that like statistical okay. probabilities of different lfos firing off in different places in space <sighs> so you very can, cool you can do that with this selection of modules uh so with this one and the space one we'll talk about a little later um so scope you get a 64 channel oscilloscope for looking at these things uh, oscillators is where all the oscillators are and, and each partial is one two operator FM pair. So you can like have a carrier and a modulator. Okay. Okay. Um, and there you just select your two different waveforms that are going to be the carrier or the modulator. So the waveforms it's, it's really each, each of these pairs is really simple because there's 64 of them uh -huh. and you can already do things like make reproduce just about any sound pretty well. So mm -hmm. um, after you've reproduced the sound, you can be like, well, what would that sound sound like with FM added? And you okay. can do things like that. Oh, so cool. it's, they're both sine waves. So it's like a sine and sine. Um, but each of them has a noise amount that you can add in. Okay. So okay, cool. That sounds, that sounds pretty cool. Uh, then there's gates. And, 
let you cut off, attenuate the oscillators with these decays. And then a space module lets you fly them all around in space uh, <laughs> with like <laughs> attenuation Doppler shift. And you could do, you could like have them whirling around you like a tornado or, you know, imagine they're kind of still, they're doing like the stream thing I was talking about. Before. Yeah. Okay. So is the, is the, cause this is something that I've been really wanting to um, look into and get, and try to figure out how to get good at is, is making things sound three-dimensional in a stereo mix, you know, like have yeah. certain things happen like, oh, that sounded like it was not just on the right side, but behind me on the right side. So it, this should is be that really good of, at that. Okay, great. Cool. And is that just like basically like frequency attenuation or, or like? Yeah, there's different ways of spatializing sounds. Okay. This right now I'm using a simple one called VBAP, which is like meant for panning things between different speakers. And it's just really, um, when, when you spatialize things, a technique that you want to use for headphones mm -hmm. is going to be really different from one that for will sure. sound good on speakers. Right. Yeah. Like you, the things that they do like for virtual reality sound that you're listening to in headphones, you wouldn't want to hear on speakers. So right. this VBAP thing is, is meant more for speakers where i assume most most people are gonna be listening to you know other people's music or you know right at least that's a baseline for it um mm -hmm. so but yeah there's other ways of spatializing things i might add in the future uh, and just rounding things out there's a there's a filter um which is a really mogi style filter okay. which i've never done before but it seemed to go right like you got something that's so digital and potentially like cold or just any way kind of not opinionated <laughs> just like well, that much noise and yeah with that much noise and sound. fm modulation i imagine you can get a lot of like metallic and, and angular sounding yeah or just things. if you turn things up too much it just starts to sound noisy in a bad mm -hmm. way so it's like you can dial that back with a, a nice wet four pole Mogi uh -huh. style filter nice with resonance and that's about it okay so and then um for th for the space the space the spatializer is that what you're calling it yeah um for that what what are the um what are like the uh modulation inputs on that um so i think not you know if we want to get a little deeper into it I should start maybe just playing some presets and like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. Some, mm -hmm. it's, I can't really talk and like make a good preset at the same time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you can hear, um, off, often with like, with like additive, especially the old digital ones, you could make an additive synth, but like on those Kawhi's I'm talking about, you wouldn't have, um, like having a nice percussion sound. Wasn't that possible? Cause everything's just a little bit slow. Or like mm -hmm. <laughs> envelopes mm -hmm. are slow and so but this is like if we put a can you hear that pretty good yeah mm -hmm. if we just put a bell sound it's got that nice clear ring to it um so that's that's one preset i have and then you're asking about space so we could we could probably like move the bell through space okay. so <laughs> thanks um i'll try so well, one way is just by twisting the knobs. And if you hear that, you can actually hear it's a Doppler shift. Okay. Like when things, when a car goes by you fast. Right. 
can you can you hear that? Um, I I I don't think I can hear that through this the speakers, but hopefully okay. you know, when you send me the audio, um, yeah. So if, yeah. if you move it, and then you can do stuff like every partial is at a different place in the space, and you can select the position. Like we, I call it the home because you can you can set a gate to it, which I'm doing now. I'm hooking the gate up to reset partials to home, and then all of the partials play at their homes. And then I can add this field where they all they all rotate, and then change the oh, the wow. speed of that field. So now they're all rotating, and you should hear them again, maybe not over the speakers, but mm -hmm. here it's very out of my laptop speakers. It's like really clear. It's like a Leslie effect. Almost. Oh, cool. Right. Yeah. They're rotating around the center, but like, it's crazy. Um, like there are effects people made cause they could, right. They got new technology, like a tape delay. Yeah. 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 And yeah. It's such a fun history. And here it's like almost abstracting things so much. Uh -huh. Like you could make a, something that sounds like a Leslie, but just one example of a sound you get when you're moving everything around in space. Right. And I think there's there's going to be a lot of a lot of new sounds that we'll hear that will come out of different ways of of moving things around in space. Um. Well, I anticipated so, being excited about this after you started <laughs> explaining it to me, but now I'm like really, really excited about it. <laughs> oh, see. So the easy way to get a different sound is just pick a different partial partial oh, set. Uh-huh. And you can like loop through them like you can with a sampler. Is my gate not hooked up? What's going on? Well, that's looping. Whoa. So I'll hook just gate up to the level too. Hmm. Oh, there we go. That wasn't updated right. So gates. This is what I was talking about. Trying to like make patches on the fly. It can be a little yeah confusing. There we go. So I got gate is now controlling the level oh wow of the all the partials and it just like turns off so if we went back to the bell it would just cut off with the gate like you do with any sampler uh-huh but we also got the the motion of them all around the center and um what was i gonna try and do I got distracted because I was sounding I too wild. Remember. <laughs> and then I just had to add a gate because I was like, make this sound stop. Oh, yeah. yeah I was going to add some noise. So okay. I, I got this thing that sounds like a looping sample that's also wishing around in space. And there's another, you were asking a while ago, what are some of the things you can modulate in space? Mm -hmm. So I can add like an envelope real quickly. Setting the delay of the envelope now, so it, it comes up in a second. And now, if I put the envelope to noise on the space module, it should get noisier. It adds a position and noise to each partial. 
Uh-huh. So they and the effect of that, hearing that in in sound is like they start to get fuzzed out in this cool way that I think of as almost like dub techno-y, like oh, a sound okay. like Mono Lake would make. That's a super like contained like sound, like uh, super like high tech, but super fuzzy. Uh-huh. It can make oh. a very I don't know if with this um, particular source sound it's doing that vibe for me, but it's a, Whoa. you can hear with more noise. Yeah, yeah. I like that. And then, yeah. So, wow, that's, that's, I mean, just over the, the computer speakers there, that sounded kind of like formanty there. Yeah, for sure. A lot of ways to make formats. So, let me go. I was talking about that. Um, if there's one patch, I don't know how much time we have, but if there's one I want to demonstrate, it's this very wet one. Cause I was talking about like, I'm laughing cause it's, it makes funny sounds when you switch between the, the patches. Cause instead uh -huh. of just like, it's just like Alto where instead of um, like a soft synth might shut everything down and then start it up when you go to the next patch. Uh -huh. On my synths, I always just let all the parameters like change to whatever the next thing is, like uh -huh. that you would, and and it, it makes really funny, weird sounds <laughs> in, in between. Um, okay, here's the here's the wet one. Let's see if it can play like I intended. Yeah. That seriously sounds like a babbling creek, though. Like. Yeah. That's awesome. So it's this will be not just useful for like making out. music, but like this, this could be a really useful tool for sound design or, you know, for, oh, I think of it as a great sound design machine. Cause it's so spatial. Um, do you know the, do you know the human league song, the black hit of space? It's like, it's a funny one. Um, I'm not <laughs> uh, probably not. I'm not sure. It's off there. I've always wanted to call a patch that, and finally I've got a patch that's good enough. It's like really creepy. It's all these. This could be like a background from an old British sci-fi show, like Blake yeah. Seven or something. Yeah. And it's all these. It's all these partials, just like going away from you towards the center. It's kind of ominous. Oh, that's awesome. I cannot wait yeah. to hear like this stuff like in my in, studio on the speakers and stuff. Yeah. And it does like it can do these. That's that's a patch that just takes the Moog filter and does a mm -hmm. filter sweep, but it demonstrates it does that stuff okay too, like the kind of okay. analog uh emulation right. of the filter is really nice. And um yeah, there's a lot. I find like feeding it with loops of modular stuff is great. I've got oh, this really? one patch. Okay. It's like, yeah, it just adds. Yeah, we got time. So if you want to go through as many as you want. I'm kind of free associating now. So I want to kind of yeah. let you drive more actually. So I just yeah, don't okay. dive in and just demonstrate 50 <laughs> or patches. But I, I'm just like a few things that it does well. I'm, I'm going to get some more gleepy, just like modular loops that I have around things that never mm -hmm. turn into a song or whatever. And like... <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
you can do stuff when you change the partials, it does stuff with those very chonky kind of modular sounds that are like you couldn't do in the analog world that easily. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to making some, some noise with this and some of those old loops so, I have around. In a, in a, in kind of a roundabout way, you can use it as an effects processor almost. Yeah. It takes some time, but it's like, yeah. Uh, see, the thing is, so again, it might not be obvious, but you can't you can't like use it real time as an effects right. processor because you have to you, put you, the thing in. You have to use this, you... you have to do this analysis that's kind of complicated. You can't do in in real time. But um, once you br- but you can bring as many as sixty seconds of sound in. So you I was could just use it ask, in like okay, time perfect. stretch. You could take a minute of sound and time stretch it to like you know, all day if you want. Yeah, to. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice. Oh, man, and I'm I've got so this, excited. I've got this one. Did I make a patch out of it? Oh, I'm not sure I did. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, it can slow down vocals and you hear weird stuff, like if there's vocal fry in a vocal or like little, when you, it, it does this real microscopic Okay. Uh, slowing down of sound that's really different from like the granular stretching that kind of makes everything sloppy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. well, I'm, this sounds really <laughs> cool. Um, and when when uh, when is it going to be released to the world? Uh, this is going to be before the end of the year. Oh, um, really? Come hell, come hell or high water. Yeah, like I'm just really ready. <laughs> To have yeah. More people. Well, I know you've been working it. hard on it, and you're excited. Yeah, it's been it. a crazy project. I did a whole new framework for it that, like, supports all the UI and stuff because I was unsatisfied with the old one I was using, and uh, so yeah, it, it became, it became a long, a long thing. Yeah, <laughs> but um, a long process. But it, it, I'm very, I'm happy with where it's at now. Okay, uh, people can start listening to it. Um, now, is so that yeah, going to be for if, both Windows and uh, Mac? Yeah, by the end Windows of the year? and Mac. Win- okay, and um, it's um, yeah, the uh, it, it, there's some chance. Like, if I don't have some things done, I might say, "Oh, this is an early, this is an early access release." My friend uh-huh. Sherry R is telling me in games, people do that a bunch. So, okay. one way or another, I'm just going to put out what I have, and um, you know, as long as it's not crashing. Mm-hmm. too frustrating to use but right now it's not really crashing at all so it's just really yeah. slow <laughs> but that's that's what i hope to improve yeah right on um and then i also wanted to ask um and because my friend david keeps asking me because you know we we talk a lot and then when i talk about like you know working with you and and talk, i honestly have just been like gushing to him about how much i love kaivo a lot and he's been asking are are there going to be more sound planes available in the world at any point um, it is my fond, fond hope that that will be true. Like yeah. doing hardware as everyone has done it knows is like harder than you thought in ways you've never imagined. Yeah. And like, uh, especially an in- instrument like the sound plane that is, you know, complicated, um, yeah. and, um, <laughs> standalone. So I want to get back to it, but I really, I want to grow the company to like a few people to help me support yeah, more for sound sure. planes in the world. Yeah. Um, and it, you hear you know, that it's everybody been a long listening? road. I didn't want to say like, Hey, you know, um, venture capital firm, do you want to help me do this idea? Right. And they'll be like, sure, you can make it out of plastic. And, um, you know, yeah. we, we have to sell 
50,000 the first year, otherwise you're going to go bankrupt. And, right. um, but if you do, that'll be okay. Cause just like, you know, move fast and break things and fail. And I'm like, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not happy with that model of, of things and the effect it's had on the whole musical instrument industry yeah. to the extent it has. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're, uh, that you're interested, but only if you can do it right. You know, that's, yeah. that's good. Um, well, I always give. So if you want to, the... if you want to sound play and buy some software, I guess the short answer. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, I was just gonna yeah. say. Yeah, if, for those of you who are saying, "When are we getting sound planes?" Go out there and and buy some Madrona software. Another thing I wanted to mention um, is that I didn't really know how like the cost of this stuff because you know you gave me the licenses since I was making videos and stuff. But once I like yeah, I yeah. did look it up, and they're so in- incredibly affordable you know, as far as plugins go. And I think that's, yeah, um, certainly cheaper than buying a module, you know, so. Depends on the module, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, a module that's going to do everything that Alter Archivo oh. does, yeah, you're going yeah. to have to buy a number of modules and spend a couple grand. That's probably. for sure. And analog stuff is great. And I, you know, it's a, it's a nice, happy thing to use both, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I always like to give the, uh, the guests the last few minutes to scream. statement that was, but it's true. (laughs) (laughs) We're so nice and happy using all the nice things. Yeah. Um, what would you like to scream from the modular mountaintops before we sign off today? Um, what is this like the end of hot ones, but I didn't have to eat all those wings. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I just, I asked this. I asked this nebulous question to everybody without warning them that it's coming because I, I like to see what, what it kicks out, what, what different brains, you know, kick out. Just, nah, just scream. I don't know. Be nice to people. (laughs) I like that one. I like that one. I like to think most, most of your listeners are probably on board with that already. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I really, the ideas of humane design, humane technology have been really um, influential on the stuff that I make, like reading about people and the, the history of, of how they design things to try and enhance people's lives when that's the focus. Like, uh-huh. and, um, so if anybody doesn't know, there's a whole literature out there. There's a book by Don Norman called the, the, um, Poetry of Everyday Things, I think, is the okay. the name. Or I think I he like had to retitle that. it at some point. But Don Norman. Is <laughs> I hate to play fa- favorites, but that's one of my favorite answers to that that question so far. Oh, the design um, of everyday things. Yeah. Okay. And um, yeah, Christopher Alexander, his book, The Timeless Way of Building, and the other the other ones. Um, in his series, he talks about architecture and like how to break a big problem down into a lot of smaller ones that are like patterns that you can assemble. It's called a pattern language is the, okay. the book, huge, huge influence on, on me and how I do things. that might I be like useful spread, for me and my knowledge ADHD of that. Brain. Yeah. And, um, um, yeah. Yeah. Oh shit. Um, That's well, I, I, yeah, I just want to say, uh, Thank you for all of the stuff that you make. Thank you for, uh, you know, for, you know, reaching out to me to, to help out with the, the video stuff. It's, you know, we, we've always, um, ran into each other and had really nice conversations when we were out at similar events and stuff. So it's, it's a really, it's a really good excuse for, 
for me to uh, get to to interact with you more because that's just something I like to do. So yeah, thanks for same for all that. same. Always have good talks and like um, if you are you a diner person? Do you like to go to like a diner oh, yeah. where they have yeah, oh yeah, browns and for sure. Yeah, stuff yeah, like that hollandaise yeah. sauce. Oh, yeah, I, we got to go to hobnob. We got to okay. go to hobnob sometime in Tacoma. It's okay. All right, I haven't been, but yeah, eggs bennies. That that's like my that's my breakfast yeah. choice. Okay. So. Yeah, I was gonna say I want to get you. I want to get you down here and get you in the studio and and uh, show you the house and stuff and hang. Um, right, absolutely. But we can do that off air. We'll 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 uh, schedule that off air. <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on and and showing us uh, Sumu. And um, yeah, this has been great. Thanks a lot for having me, dude. We did it. All right, that's our show. Thank you so much for coming back to Podular Modcast. Thank you to Randy for joining us and sharing his wonderful new uh, synthesizer, Sumu, coming out very soon. Don't sleep on this. I cannot wait to get my copy of it because I love Kaivo and Alto and Verta so much. Um, it's just going to be really fun to have another uh, Madrona product in the arsenal. As you know, the holiday season is in full swing and I like to do a Christmas music episode. So please, if you would like to make a Christmas track and submit it, then uh, hit me up in the DMs or at podmodcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have some fun with that. And I think we'll, we'll end this episode on a little uh, rendition of Linus and Lucy from the Charlie Brown Christmas that uh, I'm working on. And uh, yeah, hopefully that will give you some motivation to create your own Christmas tracks. Let's get weird with it. And uh, yeah, that's all for this week. This week's secret word is peanuts. Until next week.